0: Almost all of us are doing content marketing, whether it's through social media, places like YouTube, blogging, whatever. If you post content in a bid to attract more clients, this episode is for you. I'm going to share five actionable ways you can make your content marketing stronger, including things not to do. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. Since the majority of us are doing content marketing, I wanted to share five ways to refine how you go about it. After all, it takes time. So if we're spending time on a business activity, we need a good return from it. Now, I'm doing something a little different today. Instead of me talking about things that work or don't work from mine and my clients' experiences, I've been spending a few months just observing content from people in my network and taking some notes. And I've noticed some trends or things that have really stood out. So today's tips are going to be backed by that. I'm going to start with something that really stood out for me. I saw this post from a tutor that started with, Most tutors won't help your child make progress, but I have a secret that will. Now, you probably know what I'm going to say. A big no-no is to put other people down to make yourself look better. I know it sounds obvious, but you'd be surprised at just how often that type of content gets posted. Now, the example I shared is a really obvious put down, but this can happen in more subtle ways too. I've seen content from people who say they've invented a learning technique that they absolutely haven't, or call themselves the best tutor or the best whatever on the market. And they do attract clients, but since there are other ways to also attract clients, do we want to alienate ourselves from our peers? I know I don't. Sure, you might choose to see your peers as competition, but the other week I joined a tutor meetup, and even though some of them were clients and competitors of mine, just having a coffee, having a chat, made being a business owner a little less lonely. So we don't have to make enemies out of our competitors to make sales. But also think about the impression you might be giving potential clients. Some people might be really attracted to that style of language, but I know that if I saw that statement from someone that I was considering working with, honestly, it would put me off because it would raise that question in my mind, whether they are as good as they say they are, because if they are, they don't really need to make others look bad. Now, I'm sure that you aren't someone who posts this kind of content, but since sometimes it's subtle, it's worth just being mindful of how you might be coming across, even if it wasn't your intention. It's definitely something I've taken on board, and I just ask myself, does this come across in a certain way? The second thing to be mindful of is assaulting people with information. While I was observing content, I realised that I responded negatively to people who were just a bit too much with how much they were putting out there. In fact, what happened was that I started to associate them with information bombarding. I don't think that's an actual term, but what happened was the minute I saw their name, I just scrolled past. I didn't have the energy to face an overload of information over and over again. Now, there are two ways that I see this happening. The first way is when people cram too many words into their content and or share very cluttered imagery. Remember, your images should be scroll stoppers. For email marketing, your subject line is the scroll stopper and your caption or the bit you write the actual content in should be the information giver. But when you're giving information, focus on being concise, space out your writing and stick to just one topic. That makes it so much easier for readers to digest. It boosts the chances of someone stopping and actually reading and consequently increases the chances of them engaging or taking action. The second way I see this is when people post way too frequently or send too many emails. I know that, especially on certain platforms, posting frequently can be helpful. But I think it's important to find a balance and to tailor what you do based on the platform itself. For instance, on Instagram, I know that content doesn't last for long, so I post six times a week. But on LinkedIn, content lasts for much longer. People are still commenting on something that I posted two weeks ago. So on LinkedIn, I only post three times a week. With emails, I tend to send out ones once a week or once a month for newsletters because I don't want to clutter inboxes. So here's my suggestion. Let your content breathe in all senses of the word space it out so people can digest it easily, choose your frequency based on the experience people have on whichever platform that you're focusing on. My third no-no is making yourself the hero in your content. Your customer or potential customer should always be the hero. This essentially leans on a principle that I talk about a lot and that is that everything you put out there should be about your customer, not you. So sure, you might be introducing yourself. We might even be talking about the About Me page on your website. But instead of filling the content with your many qualifications or your extensive experience, tailor it to what your customers want or need to know or what they need to understand if they want to work with you. Think about what will connect with them. So I rarely talk about being a qualified business trainer because I find that it doesn't really matter to my clients. They want to know that I understand them and I show them that I do by talking about how I'm an ex-teacher, an English tutor, I run two education businesses. So when you're talking about your services or writing any kind of content, do the so what test. Put yourself in the reader's shoes and ask yourself, so what? Essentially, instead of talking about what you can do, you need to make clear what you can do for them. Instead of talking about yourself in a dry way, talk about yourself to connect with your audience, to discuss shared experiences or opinions. And my fourth one is inspired by something I realised I was doing, and that is talking about different things all the time. Now, this podcast is a little different. I do talk about different things, and that's appropriate for a podcast, but I also circle around similar themes. But one thing I do consistently is I refer to my tutor's mastermind. Sure, I might sometimes talk about some one-to-one clients or my hundred content prompts, but the most consistent thing is the mastermind. But I wasn't doing this in my other content, like on social media. And I realized it when someone messaged me about joining my public Facebook group. They wanted to watch a roundtable discussion that I had posted in there, but they called it the mastermind. And it made me realize that I was confusing my audience this person thought my Facebook group was the mastermind. He hadn't realised that they're completely separate. The Facebook group is a free community and the mastermind is a paid one. And that confusion was my doing. So like me, you might offer different things or you might have one offer but multiple options. Like for the tutor's mastermind, you can join as a full member or videos only member. For tuition, I take one-to-one students and have groups. And when you're in that position, it's effective to prioritise one of them and just talk about that for a while or make a really clear differentiation between them. You could use statements like, if you like X, Y and Z, then you'd love my and then present that option. So essentially, you're giving people a way to decide which option would be right for them. And my fifth tip, which is a very quick one, is don't use other people's content to promote yourself. This recently happened to me and it's a huge no-no. It's bad form, especially if there's a conflict of interest between what you offer and what the original poster offers. Also, I really believe in the success of marketing and selling through relationships. And the more I experience what works and what doesn't, the more I'm convinced that developing relationships with people is the most effective way to grow your business. And put simply, you can't do that if you get people's backs up. And you will get their back up if you're promoting your services or products through commenting on their content. Unless, of course, you're invited to do so. Now, I am so tempted to share more tips with you, but I don't want to overwhelm you. So I'll do a quick summary and you can make a note of what you want to analyse or improve in your marketing. The first one was to be mindful of your language to make sure you aren't putting your colleagues down to make yourself look better. You don't have to be the best in your market, you just have to be the best person for your client. The second one was to let your content breathe. You might be excited to share loads of information with your audience, but if they're flooded, they won't absorb any of it. Tailor the style of writing, your presentation, and how often you publish content, depending on the platform or medium. Imagine if this podcast was daily, I'd probably see a drop in my listener numbers. It would be too much. The third one is to remember that all your content, including emails, is about them, not you. Always do that so what test. The purpose of your content is to give people the confidence to work with you. The fourth tip was to keep your messaging really clear so you're not confusing people with the many different ways they can work with you. It can be tricky to do, but I shared some ways that you can do it through your content. You can even hold back on talking about some products and services that you offer and just mention them to clients when you speak to them. And my fifth one was unless invited, don't use other people's content to promote yourself to their audience. It's bad manners. So I hope that's helped. And if you're a Tutors Mastermind member, this will really help you with our current monthly topic, which is writing content in a way that converts. As always, thank you so much for listening and you'll hear from me on Wednesday. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.